Warning! This supplemental contains adult language, mature situations, blatant promotion of upcoming DVDs, doula hands, gang wars, BAM Entertainment, Black Russian Sushi Chefs, and Sajiwa Hiwajima. Best character ever. No, it's Zaya Orihara. Uh, Well, either, either way. Listener discretion is advised. Supplemental episode N. Zan and Bell watch an anime. Hello and welcome to a very special supplemental episode of the Spirek and Mong Review. This is your host Zan. And this is Belchan. Yes, so if you're here to listen to one of our regular Spirek and Mong Review episodes, well, you should, you should go back and listen to some of our earlier episodes where we review such things as Homunculus, Sailor Moon, Ramna One Half, GTO, Wallflower, Her Majesty's Dog, and several other manga which will entice you and entertain you at the same time. You can find our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can also email us at spirekin at gmail.com, zan at spirekin.com, bellchan at spirekin.com, or you can find any of our other information at our general feed. Well, either way, this is a little bit different. Our supplemental episodes are when really we don't have a manga to read, or due to certain circumstances we're unable to record an episode, so we have to release something, so you guys are entertained uh-huh. a little bit. I mean, because... It's kind of hard to meet everyone, right? Yeah, well, hey, it'll still be worthwhile. I know, I know, I know. And some people just, they don't want to read their manga or get into it. And our other podcast, our sister podcast, The Spark and Movie Review, well, it's just getting a hold of the movie is really hard. That's why we usually release one of these supplemental episodes. Yeah, but it's a hell of a lot of fun reviewing it. Oh, yes, yes it is. And this is a very special episode because, well, we sold out. Yeah, we actually, well, not really sold out. We're not being corporate sponsored or anything like that but because of the fact that we are a press association we are a manga podcast we got free promotional stuff occasionally we get different mangas and things and we got an anime yes yes we're gonna be reviewing an anime today it's gonna be kind of cool and different especially the fact that well we're manga review so us reviewing an anime is a little bit of a selling out but we're getting off topic because we are going to review this manga eventually that's the irony that there is a manga to this series we'll review that in a couple episodes from now we're just gonna do the anime now but first we have actually news yes we're gonna do some news so our first bit of news is something which is kind of for the geek world and it's all and that's the fact that they finally made a record of lotus wars mmo yes for those of you who are fans of record of lotus wars which was based off of dungeon and dragon it's an mmo series now lovely okay next one summer wars nominated for ics awards but not oscars now, Summer Wars is a series which was actually released over here, actually the week before Christmas, and it looks pretty cool, and a lot of people enjoy this movie, it's critically acclaimed, and I'm really surprised that it was not released as an Oscar nominee. Instead, it's How to Train Your Dragon, and Toy Story 3, and mm-hmm. The Illusionist. Why not this? 
why not a series which is interesting? Is it because of the fact that it was released in the winter, yet it's called Summer Wars? The only thing I can think of is because it wasn't, I don't know if it was popular in the U.S., I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it did that well, but it's a good series. I mean, a lot of stuff that they released that they put on for best movie of the year is stuff that no one ever watches. I mean, really, Brokeback Mountain. How many people really watch that? If you've watched it, please email us at spirecan at gmail.com. I think a lot of people saw it. A lot of women. A lot of the gay fans. people saw it. No, a lot of women fans just like the, the content of the story or... Mm, you have a point. The actors. I'd say it's just because like girls want to see Heath Ledger and whatever the hell his name is make out, but. Uh, we'll Heath get... Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, I hate them both. Anyway, next. Information is something a little more, well, funny. <laughs> There's a series coming out that's going to be released on YouTube for two weeks only, for free. And this series is called Cat Shit One. Mm-hmm. I mean, I shit you not. It's called Cat Shit One, the animation. And it's interesting because of the fact that Timbo, when he spun the Wheel of Manga which is from our regular episode, he actually got the manga of this called Apocalypse Meow. What is Catchit 1 essentially about? The war? Well, well the anime seri- animated series, the CG series is about, I think it's maybe? Yeah. And we have our two soldiers going in to save another soldier from the evil aliens. Now, they're not all evil. I'm not saying they're evil, but this series portrays the evil, or however you want to say it, portrays the enemy as evil people, right? So you think, oh, they just made an animation of Call of Duty. No. The American soldiers are depicted as bunnies, and the others are depicted as camels. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah, the, the, or the, or however you want to say it. The faction is depicted as camels, and if you've read the original graphic novel, the enemies were the supposed to take place during the Vietnam War, were cats. So every other country is a different animal. So I wonder what they yeah. have for the French and for the English. Just but the name, Cat Shit One. That's the platoon they're on. So it, it's. So what would you think about this series before you even watch just watching the trailer? Is it cute? No, the bunnies look really cute, but it's one of those messed up movies that are like with a hidden message or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty graphic. I mean, to yeah. see the bunny shoot the one camel in the stomach and then walk up to it and shoot it in the head point blank is this kind of cold. Yeah, it kind of reminds you of, um, what was that movie, Mice? Oh, oh, the comic Mouse. Mouse. is it, It's Mouse, right? Yeah, the comic yeah. Mouse. Written by Art Spiegelman and, um, well, uh... The, the rats and the mice. Yes, yeah. the, the, rats are, the rats are the Jewish and then the, the cats are Germany. Yeah, it's a little similar to that. It's pretty what the fuck, though. But you can watch it for free if you want on for February 5th through uh, the, the 19th. The 5th through the 19th of February on YouTube. It looks pretty, well, dark. Probably going to be enjoyable, though. For all you Call of Duty fans, you may like this. You probably want to try and make skins for it. It's just confusing. Eh, yeah, just a little confusing and a little bit, well, either way. We're getting off topic just a little bit talking about this. So, next one is a little bit more depressing and sad. Now, this one we should have released earlier, but, like I said, it's just kind of been forgotten for a while. Now, for those of you who know, there are many voice actors who are critically acclaimed that are many different anime seiyus, and one of them is... Toshiyuki Hoshikawa. He's a very famous guy. worked on several different series, but he's most famously known for the Ashida no Joe anime series. And unfortunately, he has joined Satoshi Khan, Carl Masek, and so many others who have passed on before their time. Mm. He died due to a acute subdermal hematoma. 
at the age of 70, and he had a concussion and, well, passed on. And we give our condolences to him. Just rest in peace. Mm-hmm. It kind of shame. It's a bad way to die. A brain hemorrhage. I mean, Satoshi Kano was even worse. He was dying slowly, and he didn't tell anybody till the last minute. He was like, ah, okay, I'm dying tomorrow. Hey, Ma, I know I should have told you months ago, but I'm dying this week. Sad. Kind of depressing. Okay, so two more points of interest. The first one is about manga, actually. Uh, here's the news. Now, the University of Malta Library has placed 33 books in a special cabinet where if you want to access it, you have to actually go up to the counter and say, I would like to look at this book, and you have to give them your ID and do all this other very important stuff to do. Mm. It's kind of fucked up, though. Imagine, she's like, I want, to see, it's, I want to see War and Peace. You have to give us your ID. You to... uh, it's really fucked up censorship. Are these rare books? Maybe they just don't want them to get messed up? Well, I mean, there? some of the books on this list are like the Marquis de Sade's Justine, 101 Myths of the Bible, How Ancient Scribes Invented the Biblical History, books about pornography... Oh, so these are and human sexuality. Yeah, it's, it's a censorship issue. But then, mm-hmm. one of the books, which just doesn't fit, is Paul Garvitt's manga The First 60 Years. I mean, I can understand. You want to censor the 101 myths of the Bible, or uh, a porno book, or a book on human sexuality. It's ridiculous. I mean, why, in, why is Italy doing this? Why? I mean, apparently, one of the representatives said that some of these books may be out of print or very fragile, or they might be in such high demand that once placed on open shelves, pages may be torn out or stolen entirely. But according to the newspaper, it says only 13 of these 33 books are more than 20 years old, and most of the books are available on Amazon, and they're regularly discounted. So, what the fuck? I mean, a couple years back, in 2006, the San Bernardino County Supervisors took this book, pulled it from public shelves, because they said there were several sexually explicit drawings which appeared in the book. A community college showed the book as a protest against the censorship, so it's like, really? You're gonna put a book about 50 years of manga, an art book there? Well, why not take off all the figure drawing books as well? I mean, what the fuck? Maybe it's just um, an isolated situation. Maybe it's just that one library. For some reason, just some head, li- I don't know, head librarian just wanted to, to censor it for some reason. But so. still, we saw, when we were taking figure drawing in college, we saw more stuff than half these drawings show. Mm-hmm. Especially that one guy. Oh, God. Duh. I don't want to remember him. Why? Or that lady who was, they said, draw like a landscape. Draw like a landscape. Don't treat her like a person. Oh, God. <laughs> Banged out work for three days because of that lady. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say she was fat, but I mean, there were satellites orbiting around her. I mean, when she sits around the house, she probably really does sit around the house. Okay. Okay, let's go on. Okay, enough of the fat People jokes. People are going to know who you are. <laughs> no, not. Okay, next one is... Kind of cool. Now, a while back, I reviewed a manga series called Kaiji, which was Ultimate Apocalypse Gambler Kaiji, and they're making the second anime series finally. So season two is finally coming out. Awesomeness will be happening, and we'll all be pleased. Maybe it'll come over here finally. Maybe. And then finally, last and not least, currently, we've been talking a lot about the fact that they've passed the censorship law in Japan, that they're now censoring things in manga which they deem inappropriate and Mm -hmm. it's a very broad range of what they could censor and a lot of other different anime and manga publishers have said we're not going to be a part of the Tokyo International Anime Fair, the TAF and now apparently we've gotten more stats about it now as of the 22nd of January 
they've said that there are 37% fewer exhibitors, and they're renting 20% less booth space compared to last year, and there are 491 booth spaces and only 153 exhibitors are renting spaces, as opposed to last year, which was 244 exhibitors and 615 booth spaces. So it's going to be about a 110 million yen loss. That's $1.3 million for those who can count that. Well, they might change it again. Well, it's a boycott, so I don't know. The thing is, they can't really censor oh, a the, lot. The... There's just so much, so much anime out there, and so much things that are out there already. I think it's going to be really hard for them to censor anything. Well, they've already the law was passed, but they can't really. Well, no, it's a whole big issue. I mean, what do you guys think about this? Do you think that this boycott will work? That they'll finally be like, hey, fuck it, you guys do whatever you want. Or are they going to be, no, you can't show anything which has slight nudity or slight violence or anything like that to anyone under the age of 18. You all have to pay extra for it. It's Take- like when stuff comes out in the U.S. It's kind of censored. I mean, they don't come out with everything. Over True. there, it's... It's getting worse. But we will, yeah. hopefully we'll see what happens. We have until March 26th for this to be resolved. So, we shall... See what happens. Still surprised that Studio Ghibli is boycotting. I am so surprised that they are boycotting. So I think that's it, right? I think we've wasted enough time. <laughs> Sorry, not wasted, but we've informed you guys of such information. It's a warm up. Yes, it is. It's a warm up because we're doing something different today. Something a little unusual, a little different. And what are we talking about? We are actually reviewing something that was sent to us by Bam Entertainment. And what is this? It's a well, it's a series which is coming out as of. January 25th, is the, which was a couple days ago, was actually the first episode release. So we're doing this a little behind schedule, but doesn't matter. Uh, there's three part volumes of this series. The next one's going to be in March 29th of 2011, then May 2011. Mm-hmm. And each one's going to be about four nine ninety eight. It's in anthropomorphic <laughs> widescreen. And there's nine episodes per disc. It's pretty good. I'll get it. Yes. Well, you'll probably wait for the box set. Yeah. And this series, most of us have seen already in Japanese, if you've watched it on Crunchyroll or, or anywhere else. But we're going to do the English adaption of it. And you're probably wondering what this series is about. Well, It's about a high-pitched, black, headless motorcyclist who roams the city. High tension, suspense, and action are taking over Tokyo's Ikubaru District. Warped romances and friendships and plenty of hidden secrets lie behind this big city walls. A hilariously and usually juvenile urban fantasy from the mighty creative staff behind Bakano. Yes. We're talking about a series created by Ryogo Narita. Now, as we said, he created Vamp and Bakano. And this... Yes. And it's based off a light novel series. And the series is completely off the wall insane. What are we talking about? We're talking about a series which came out how long ago? It came out in 2010 originally. And originally the book came out in 2004. The manga is still coming out and we'll get to that eventually. And it's being released by Aniplex, like we said. And what are we talking about? We are talking about... Durarara! Yes, Durarara. Now, for those of you who have been under a rock or haven't searched the internet for this series yet, it is crazy. The series is completely and utterly what the hell. I mean, the only thing which sucked about the promo disc is it's five episodes, no special features, no nothing. And at the bottom of the screen, you had the, this is the property of BAM Entertainment. Do not sell or uh, release to the public. And they're all marketed and a bunch of other warnings. But it's... A very nice translation, the color is cool, and it's 
looks a lot nicer on the big screen than watching on the computer. And I know this isn't answering any questions, so let's get on with it now. Let's get on with it. Okay, so you're probably wondering what this series is about. Now, we could go on and on like usual to talk about random things, but instead, we're actually just going to read straight from the paper that BAM Entertainment sent us. So... Okay, Mikado Ryugami is a young man who yearns for the city like no other. At the invitation of his childhood friend, Masuami Kida, he leaves his hometown and enters Ryare Academy in Ikebukuro. Masayomi warns Mikado about some dangerous people in Ikebukuro to watch out for. There are two in particular, the brawling champion Suzuyu Hiwajima and, Best character ever. <laughs> and hobbyist information broker Izaya Orihara, my favorite. And also, the mysterious organization of unknown origin known as Dollars. On his first day out in the city, Mikado, remembering Masayomi's story, sees a jet-black motorcycle being driven by the fabled Headless Rider. From then on, a series of random attacks and events begin to occur on the streets of Ikebukuru, and a group known as Yellow Scarves arises as Ikebukuru begins to crumble. Now that's it in a nutshell, huh? That is... Really, just like I said, that's a jacket copy of the series. That is what it says in the back of the box, or what it's going to say in the back of the box. And to put it even further, this is similar to Bacchano. Now, Bacchano, if you read my original review, which I had written for um, Anime 3000, the series was a clusterfuck. It was a vignette series that it there was a central plot, but you saw it from different point of views of different characters. And this series is the exact same way. It's, I think that's how Ryogo Narita writes it. He puts it that each character is the main character. It's not just you have that one main central figure and everything happens around them. This is more like you have the basic story, but you see it from different points of view because the story is the main character. Yes. But I, I want to add, like, in Bakano, the story is kind of um, goes from the past to the future, but this one stays in the same time period for the most part. Yeah. And um, each character... I think they sort of interweave into each other, like their lives sort of kind of mix together, like everyone is connected in some way, um, they're all connected by the, by the gangs, they're, they, they all have some kind of past which they're trying to hide, they're like a secret. Yes, every, and every single character is multifaceted, and again, it's one of the things which you like about Narita's work and why Bakno is so interesting because every character wasn't just a generic character A, generic character B, generic Moe character True. here. Yeah. This series, every character, you don't know what's going on with them. Yeah. And as you watch it, it builds up steam so you are able to compile all the data and it slowly makes sense. And while it is slow and kind of random, it eventually starts to make sense if you do pay attention. And each one follows the different characters. And as we explained, the main character is Mikado Ryugamane who they say, oh, he sounds like he's an he's a anime character. And he is, like, when he first starts off, he says, I haven't left my house in years. Everyone disappeared. They went off to school. I stayed at home. Well, you're beginning to think, why has he never left his house? This is his first time in the city, away from home. You don't really know his whole story. And he seems like there's something off. Like he, They say, like, oh, he's never left his home, and he's essentially a neat, or he can Kamori, uh, shut in. But something seems off about that. I mean, from the first five episodes we've seen, he seems a little more... Like, there's more going on. That he knows more than he's saying. Yeah. Well, you, you begin to find out that there is something that he is hiding from what he's seen. He's discovered. And yes. His friend is the same way. His friend is, I'm going to take care of you. You're my best friend. His 
his best friend, um, Masayomi, Kaida, he's all like, you're my best friend, you're this, you're that, and yet he's constantly, in the back of his head, he's like, oh, he's an idiot, he doesn't know what he's talking about, he doesn't know how to exist here, without me, he'll be fucked. And you think about it, and I think Mikado has a better sense of what's going on than... Than he, he portrays at first. Like, first you think he's some, some sort of... Wow, but there's something sinister underneath it. Yeah. And he's just... I mean, in fact, he's hitting on the girl that Mikado likes, yeah. which is hysterical, because it creates automatically a love triangle, and he's like, well, she was hitting on me before he showed up, and meanwhile, it seems like they have the better chemistry. It's like, uh, uh, like Fight Club, perfect example. It's like the Tyler Durden situation. It's that Tyler wants Hellbomb Carter's, Carter's character... Helena Bottom Carter's character wants Jack, yeah. and Jack wants Tyler. It's almost like that situation. It's mm-hmm. more like Mikado likes Henri. Henri likes Mikado, but not really. And Masayomi is too stupid to realize that those two like each other, and he's kind of hitting on her. He's kind of, you know, he, he puts himself in the middle. But then you have the fact that he has someone that he cares about too, where he's, where, but that's yeah. kind of spoiler territory. He sort of has a past that. He's hiding. Yes, and he he's almost the gatekeeper to explain, because Mikado's the person we're seeing the world through in the first few episodes. First episodes we see through his eyes, so they explain, this is the people you don't want to fuck with, these are the people you want to yeah. you can mess with, and that's it. And yeah. speaking of which, we can talk about Henri. Henri is the class representative with Mikado. Mikado became class representative because he's like, hey, she's hot, and she's kind of cool. I want to be her friend. <laughs> Henri, she's very shy. Looks when you first meet her, you think she's like um, a bookworm, quiet. She's a typical bespectacled girl that you see in most series, and she has mm-hmm. a, she's very endowed, obviously. And there's something up with her. She's looking for her friend who disappeared, but there's something else going on with her. We don't know though. Yeah, and there and there's her this, relationships with yeah. With she's looking for her friend who disappeared, and. And we don't know where her friend has disappeared to, and she keeps mistaking this girl, who is another girl we don't know about, who has a scar on her neck mm-hmm. for some reason, as her friend. So we don't know what's going on with her. And then to top it off, there's a character who looks like her, but we don't know if it's her, who's like a slasher. Oh yeah. So we don't know. She might be. She might be a, a, a homicidal maniac. We don't know. That's actually probably what it is. <laughs> I don't know. So, next character we have is the other actual central character of the series because. While Mikado is the main male character, we have to have a female lead. Mm-hmm. And the female lead is interesting because she's on the cover of all the boxes. We actually saw her at New York Comic Con. We have a picture of her on our website, www.aspirekin.com. And who is this character? Kelty Sterlusian. Yes, and that's not a Japanese name. She is Irish, mm-hmm. we think. We're from around that area. She's from Ireland. And she is the heroine of the series, and she's known as the black biker or the headless, headless rider. Yes. I originally thought she was death. She has these special powers. Well, you see her on a bike, and she's wielding yes. a scythe, and she's got a black, black suit yeah. and a yellow cat hat, almost. A biker helmet with cat ears. The headless rider, you think, oh, the headless horseman, automatically, except yeah. with a bike and her and you- ominous presence with this huge dark cloud that just follows her wherever she goes. Yeah, at first you think it's just like, you know, it's like a moniker like, oh, she's just a headless rider because she looks different that she, you know, she has an all black suit and then her head is yellow so it's kind of weird. No, she actually has no head. Mm-hmm. She gets in a fight with a guy and he knocks her 
helmet off, and there's just smoke coming out of her neck. At first you wonder, is she good? Is she evil? Is she in the middle? Is she trying to help people? Trying to get her whole story together. Yes, and you find out essentially in the third episode, this isn't spoilers, it's revealed right in the beginning. I would have liked to have figured this out later, but they kind of just throw it in there in the beginning. She's a Dolahan. Now that's an Irish ghost. It's a it's a spirit which is like the headless horseman, but she walks around with her head and she kind of she rides around and if you see her you will get killed or whatnot. And her whole motivation is that her head was stolen. And the problem is that her head had all of her memories and so she doesn't know who she is, what she is, and she's just trying to find her head and figure out what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. And now you're probably wondering, how is she able to communicate if she doesn't have a head? Well, in our day and age, how else would we communicate if we couldn't speak? Texting. She's a big texter. Yes, she has her PDA, which, and she just texts all of the data she wants. She can mm-hmm. apparently see and hear through some mystical form, but she's pretty much the only mystical thing in this series. Everything is very down-to-earth and realistic except her. Yes. Oh, and you're forgetting the... Oh, the bike itself. Well, no, no. Besides that, her mystical powers, I mean, it seems like the characters have super strength well, only Zawa has mystical strength yeah i put that as just anime, anime yeah. yeah that's just anime logic i give i'll give them shizua's strength as anime logic but kelty is a very supernatural character she actually lives with another character they're roommates he knows what she is and he doesn't care that she's mm-hmm. a dull hind that she doesn't have a head i think he's in love with her maybe yeah but i guess you know we'll let them figure it out sort of the, the whole story behind that mm-hmm. The, fu- the thing I find the funniest is, well, the, besides the fact that half the series takes place in a chat room and it's her chatting, but it's funny that she is this mystical being with all these mystical powers, yet she hears about aliens and she starts freaking out. It's like... <laughs> Maybe the aliens took her head. That actually makes sense, but... <laughs> Maybe she's afraid of aliens because... That's kind of weird, though. It's like, I'm an evil monster. Ah! Alien! Run! <laughs> <laughs> it was just so funny because there's this whole section where, well, they keep, like, having these texts of different people from the anime and you're wondering who's who and you're trying to figure out oh yeah that's that's kelty this is so and so and yeah this is mikado <laughs> this is the other character we're going to talk about in a bit but it's kind of cool when you especially because she narrates an episode and you never hear her voice before so you're wondering throughout the episode who is that narrating mm-hmm. who is oh god it's her and so let's get into your favorite character now and this is Voiced by Johnny Young Bosch from Power Rangers, very famous voice actor, and this character I think is a piece of shit. But you like him for some reason. That yeah. is Azaya Orihara, age twenty-three, and he is well a con man, maybe. No, he's he is a sociopath. Yeah, he's a fucking sociopath. Mm. He's uh, just a pretty crazy person who just does a lot of weird stuff yeah he manipulates people he's he's actually he uses parkour which is kind of cool and he uses a flick blade so like he'll mm-hmm. do all these cool moves and cut people and they don't even realize they're cut yeah. i just like him because you don't know what to expect from him like he just he's, you're always wondering what he's gonna do keeps people on their toes like the first time you see him he invites a girl out and watches as she's kidnapped and doesn't say anything he doesn't care she was kidnapped, and you're like, are you fucking serious? You just let that girl get kidnapped. <laughs> and he's like, I don't care. And then later he meets her, and he <laughs> threatens to kill her, and he's just like, you know what, I don't give a shit. Uh, you do what you want. I'm, the, You know what, I just wanted to see if you'd do it. He manipulates people into doing things. 
Yeah, he's obviously the series antagonist. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's the bad guy, but he's just so I don't know. He's just kind of like a troublemaker more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, he's, he's a yeah, and oh, go possibly um, part of some gang or something. Yeah, no, and he's so. probably part of a gang. And the other thing is, he's the one who starts bringing up questions about Mikado, because when he first meets Mikado, he actually recognizes him. He's like, oh, yeah. Mikado. He says, I was looking for you, and you're like, oh, you're maybe like, wait, something he's up never with met him. him before, yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? And then, well, in comparison with him is his, Isaiah is constantly fighting in the streets with this other person. Rival. Yes, yeah. my favorite character, voiced by Crispin Freeman, who, well, I could geek out about, but this is Shizuo... Iwo Jima, and he is... Every time you see him, you just hear someone screaming, and you see some heavy, large object being thrown. Yeah, you always see him throwing refrigerators and... Soda machines, air conditioners, and he's the only character who has super strength. Yeah, you're thinking, this guy must be so repressed, I don't know. (laughs) Probably, he's probably just really just angry. He's When you see him whenever Isaiah isn't around or whenever he's not upset, he's a very relaxed and simple guy wearing a bartender outfit. He's wearing sunglasses. And then immediately someone pisses him off. They hear Yes! Lifts up something and something's thrown yeah. at someone to kill them. Like, you shouldn't have done that. You don't want to see me angry. He's like the Hulk. <laughs> and he is just well, crazy. Apparently according to the novel, he's supposed to, it's all adrenaline. It's just he gets so pumped up on a drone that he has super mm-hmm. strength in times of need, which would explain it. And also he knows Parkour, which is why he's able to fight down Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And, and there was some kind of past between him and Isaiah. Yes. And the thing is that if you look at them, each one has a different job. Like the three characters we talked about, Mikado, Anri, and Misayomi are all students. They're all students, right. These guys are older. It's um, And Kelty, mm-hmm. well, Kelty's like 200 or something. She's a bike messenger. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah, his job, which we forgot to say, is that he is a information gatherer. Sorry, information broker. Mm-hmm. Which means if you need something found, he'll figure it out for you. Mm-hmm. And he's, and Shizuo is more like he's just a bodyguard, or he's just like a guy for hire. Isn't he a bartender? Maybe I don't know. We don't know what he does. He just screams a lot and yeah. throws things. Well, he, yeah. you see him in the bar, so maybe he, that's his job. He's a bartender. Yep. And then the other real main character is uh, Shinra. Not to be confused with Shinra from Final Fantasy mm-hmm. VII. And Shinra Kisitani is a doctor. He is a underground doctor. So if you are a gang member and you got shot up, he's the guy you go to. Yeah, or if you need to get your face fixed, you know, so people won't recognize you, then he'll do it on the down low. Yes, he looks. He's very nice and sweet, and he is a little crazy. <laughs> he is Kelty's roommate, and he's madly in love with her. The fact that you found then the second episode that he, the first thing he ever did at four years old, is he performed a vivisection on Kelty. Mm-hmm. He did an autop, uh, not autopsy. He did a, a, I forgot what the term for a, a live top, a live action dissection. Dissection. Yeah. Yeah. He dissected her while she was living at four years old because his father's like, "Son, come here. What? Look at how she works." Oh yeah, they're trying to figure out how she works. Yeah. And because his father was nuts, the deal was his his father would help her out. She let him dissect her. Yeah. And it's what the fuck. It's really dark. Cool series though. It's pretty cool. I mean, some of the other characters we could talk about are Simon, who you see Simon, or Simone. He stands out because he's a big, scary black man. 
who owns a sushi shop. And he is Russian! <laughs> In Soviet Russia, white is black! <laughs> The big scary Russian guy who's super nice. It's like come in for the sushi friend and uh Patrick Seitz who does the English voice, it's hysterical because he sounds like a big Russian guy and just you could just yeah. picture this guy doing it. So who are just the friendly neighborhood sushi chip. Yeah, and the other characters we have are these three characters who are friends of Masiomi, which are Kyohei, Walker, and Erika. I don't know if they're kleptos or what, because they're constantly carrying manga stuff and like they ran out of a store with it. Yeah, or like um, they're selling it in a black truck. Yeah, in a, in a black <laughs> truck. They're like pulling up the side of the road. Hey, you want to buy this? <laughs> and also, when you first see them, the funny thing is that you actually see they're holding up the sign for Spice and Wolf, which is a series which Anaplex also owns. So it's kind of cool. It's a little nod to that. I thought yes. that was pretty cool. And there's other characters we could talk mm-hmm. about, like Seiji, who was a guy who you see him for two episodes. The first time you see him, he's like, Hi, I'm going to class. Fuck you, I'm leaving. Oh, yeah. And then he leaves, and then there's some other characters, yeah. but... A bunch of troublemakers. It's The series is very dynamic and... Original. It is. I mean, who would expect a series where it's just about a, the interplay in this district of Tokyo and what's going on? Because you see it's slowly building to be an explosive scenario, because... As we said, there's hints about these gangs, and things are slowly building up, and you find out that maybe some of the characters we've talked about are gang members... Or, like, they're former gang members, and you have pretenders who are showing up saying, Hey, we're part of this gang. It's like, you really part of this gang? I thought I was part of this gang. And yeah, you have um, the, the dollars who are, who are the fake dollars and the real dollars yeah, yeah. and people pretending to be whatever. Yeah, you have the different characters. and Oh, we forgot the pedo professor. The pedo professor. There's a professor who's trying to molest Henri. Very random. <laughs> it's random, but it's, it's, it, it's the, the first episode. The, was it, episode five opens up with... He's, he's kind of hitting her and saying, hey, you want to hang out later? Just me. And you're like, yeah, you don't seem like a pervert. No, no. And immediately the exclamation point pops up over your head. The So after we got the series, I mean, we could talk about a lot of things, about all the different characters and about the different episodes and do synopsis, but we're not going to do that because the series you have to actually watch. We're not going to spoil a lot of things. We're not going to tell you what happens because it's actually really interesting to watch these characters develop and to see the different subplots going on. And... Since we got it for free, just to review it and talk about it, which is coming out, which you should definitely check out. Well, what did you like about the series, Belle? I just think it's really interesting to watch. I didn't expect it to be about gangs and what it was really about, but to watch it yourself, yeah? I can't really say why. The storyline is interesting. The characters are all, they all have their own stories. They're unique. It's really good. You don't expect the a character's past, um... I really liked the English voice actors for the anime. I thought they were, they really fit the characters. I'm, I mean, sometimes when an English character, it doesn't translate well. This one translated well in English. Yeah, the dubbing was pretty on par, you think? Yeah, yeah. I think it was good. And the style, the drawing style, was very well done. Just like Bakuno. Yeah, it's the same it's studio, same studio animated it, and that was what makes the series notable. But... Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I like the series for its interplay between the characters. It's not just a straight up, this is the series it is. It's going to fit in this box. Like, this is a harem series. This is a drama series. This is a violence action series. Exactly. This has a little bit of everything mixed in, and it's a melting pot. Just like with Bacchano, where everything just merged together to become this own little unique entity. This is 
the non-mystical Bacchanal, and I like that. I like that it doesn't focus on the superpowers or it focuses solely on the romance aspect. It's all the different characters coming together. It's all the different subplots. It's all the different examinations of the history of the town itself, about the mythology with the gangs. It's creating a very rich world that is enjoyable. Now, if you don't like exposition, you're not going to like this series. I'm not going to lie, because there is a lot of exposition in this. It's a lot of talking, but it's entertaining talking. Yeah, it's it, it, it keeps you on your toes. It's, there's nothing boring about it. I like that uh, the characters interweaved together. Yeah, and it goes back and forth. And Sometimes you see the same scene in a different episode, but it's from a different point of view. And that benefits the series a lot. You get to see how it was depicted differently or find out something new about, hey, yeah, that, that random thing that just happened was actually really important. And you didn't know it from seeing it from someone else's point of view, but it was more important than you thought it was. Yeah, yes. It's funny. Yeah. And as we said, the animation is well done. The music is phenomenal. The opening sequence, the opening theme for the first five episodes, which, if I remember correctly, is called Uragiri no Yoyaki, or Sunset of Betrayal by Theater Brook, is a very entertaining song. Yeah. It is pretty... It's an earwig. It will get stuck in your head. And it's better than the second ending, which is Complications, or opening, which is by Rookies is Punked, I think it's called. I don't like that as much as first opening. The opening made me want to watch the anime. It gets you into it. Yeah, the opening is, it will get you pumped for the series. I highly recommend just watching the opening to see if you're going to like this series, because it does reveal a lot. And just like with Bakano, it shows all the characters and their names. Because Bakano did the same thing where it opens up and you see every character with their name right next to it so you know who is who. It's not like with, I hate to say it, I love you, Rumiko, but with Rumiko Takahashi, a lot of her characters look exactly the same and it's kind of hard to distinguish who is who unless you are aware of the series. This series, every character looks completely different and you could tell this character from this character. Mm -hmm. It's, oh, this is big scary Russian guy. Oh, that is bartender crazy man. (laughs) That is scummy information dealer. That is crazy girl with big boobs. <laughs> That's the girl with the neck injury, and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Every character is distinct. Every character is original. And the DVD itself, the promo we got, is stripped completely. It's not going to be the one that you're going to get. Don't worry, when you buy the DVD with the book and everything, it's going to come with all the special features, openings and closings. Right. I just have one question. Mm-hmm. What does Durarara mean? I have no idea, and they Durarara. actually don't Durarara. explain what that means, which I'm surprised at, because... Like, you thought it was a motorcycle sound, Durarara, right? That's what I thought it was. I thought it meant the motorcycle sound. I could be wrong, though, because with Bacchano, Bacchano is an Italian word, which means essentially cluster... Well, it means a train wreck. <laughs> right. I prefer using the word clusterfuck. But, again, we're getting off topic. So, DVD comes with the English subtitles, the regular... Japanese and English audio. It's going to come with four to five cards per release. And it's got a couple new artwork in the DVD itself. And it's 16.9 anthropomorphic widescreen, which is really nice. And you don't have to get see the, this is a promotional object only, which kind of drove us nuts because there's scenes where you have to read the subtitles. And the subtitles are layered underneath this statement. So you're like, what the fuck? Because there's a lot of the interplay where they're talking and they're reading the text. And the text is kind of prevalent to the series because texting is a big part of it because it isn't a modern series unlike with Bakano which took place in the 30s except the last episode but again off topic so what would you give the anime series since you haven't read the manga yet what would you give the 
anime series out of our five rating system. From really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't watch that, you bring a freeze and soul forfeit. To borrow from a friend, don't return on self pocky unless. I really, really liked it. You would give this really, really, really. Yes, fu- I would. I would, and I think you would too. <laughs> I I actually am gonna give this really, really, really fucking cool. Yeah. It is very fun. It's a cool ride. I enjoy it. And I highly recommend it. I generally will not say a series is really, really, really fucking cool unless I don't support it 150%. But it was. It is. I recommend it. And here's the deal, though. A lot of you guys are going to go, hey, I'm going to go scan late it right now or I'm going to download it from the internet. But this DVD is worth getting. Mm-hmm. Nine episodes a disc is a pretty good uh-huh. deal, and that's not bad. You're getting nine episodes, and for if you go to like your local Best Buy, or even I think that Walmart or Target may carry it, and if they do... <laughs> Go for it, or, or buy it on Amazon. Just spend the money to buy this. I mean, Bam Entertainment is bringing this series, and if we buy this series, if we spend the money to purchase this, well, more stuff will come out. Yeah, we'll get better true. series coming out. We won't just get Mori Show number four hundred and eighty-seven, or I Love My Big Brother, or My Big Brother Is Not Gay, or My Big Brother Is Not Molesting Me, or My Big Brother Is Molesting Me, or whatever other shitty Moe Show is coming out. We gotta stand up and show we want good anime and good manga. We can't just scan late it. We have to spend the money for it. And this series, I recommend wholeheartedly. I would really like to see the rest of it. Well, we, we might be getting a promo for disc two, or the second part. And this first part is really, really worth getting. I like where it's going. I want to see where it goes, because I want to see what Mikado's hiding, what is the, the history between... Shizuo and Isaiah, what where Kelty's head is, because that's the other part. Is she's trying to find her head, and we don't know where it is. I th- still think that someone knows where it is, but we don't know. So we'll find out. All right? All right, great. Yeah, true. So I guess that's it, because this is the last recording for, well, until we do the next movie review which should hopefully be this week, as long as they show up on time, but we're going to review that. And then, it is February! February 2011, which is, ironically, <laughs> our first theme month for the movie review, which is going to be fantasy films. Oh, my favorite. Great. We have a lot of fantasy films, and then for the manga review, we got a couple of very fun things, including the reason why I did not release episode 118, because a bunch of other podcasters have helped me to create the ultimate opening for this great series, because... If you remember from the last episode of the Spyrokin manga review, I pun the one, the only. We'll say it next time. But <laughs> I spun a very awesome series by going to guy, and unfortunately, I could not do it alone because Cutie Honey was such a a good episode. But I could have done so much more with it. So I've called upon my podcasting brethren to help me out. So that episode is going to have an awesome opening. It will be a great episode. So, without further ado, I think that's it for this episode. I think that we are done. Do you agree? Yes. Yes. And do not worry, we will review the manga for this eventually. And I am a fan. Yes. We have I become have, converts yes. <laughs> to... We have become fans. Dude, I don't know. And perhaps <laughs> we will both cosplay as characters from this. Maybe. At the next convention we go to. So, I guess that's it. So. That would be fun. Remember, you could check out our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. Email us at spirekin.gmail.com. Zan at spirekin.com. Bellchan at spirekin.com. And you can call us at 206-350-8462. That again is 206-350-8462. Guess that's it for this episode. 
This is Belchan. And this is Zan, and we are Gonsville. Catch you next time for a regularly scheduled episode of the Swagger Mind. Thanks for listening. See Trust in me. Oh.